So, Winke, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's, it's great to have you here, and I, I, I look forward to um, learning more about LoRaWAN for industrial IoT, and I'm sure our audience also will be looking forward to uh, learning more about it. So, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Good time. Awesome. So, maybe can we uh, start off by uh, introducing yourself and uh, your company? Yeah. Sure. Sure. My name is uh, Wink Griezmann, CEO and co-founder of uh, The Things Industries and The Things Network. Um, we founded the company, uh, Jon and I, uh, in 2015 uh, and uh, with the vision that um, um, uh, the the IoT market is very much systems integrator and developer driven. And uh, yeah, we've been on a journey from um, yeah going through the hype of IoT, uh, uh, LP1, uh, and now um, emerging as one of the leaders in the enterprise uh, low-power IoT segment. Awesome. Yeah, I must say you've really uh, done some incredible work in the LoRaWAN space. I've been watching you for a long time, for many years, so uh, I really commend the work that you've been doing uh, so far. Thank you. So yeah, today uh, we're going to kind of like talk about um, uh, industrial IoT, the application of uh, LoRaWAN industrial IoT, because most of our audience are really in that um, space. Now, to, to get started, uh, for those in the audience who might not be familiar with uh, LoRaWAN or perhaps they just need a, a refresher, can you give us an introduction to LoRaWAN and also tell us about uh, the thing stack and where it fits into that whole picture? Perfect. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. So, so LoRaWAN is a network protocol, and it, it's uh, used on the uh, LoRa radio frequency uh, layer. And uh, it was created in 2015, and it was created by uh, an alliance called LoRa Alliance, and we're an active contributor to the to the standard for seven years. And um, uh, what it does basically, it allows you to send uh, some bits and bytes from a sensor over a long distance, taking a very little power uh, to uh, a network and then to an application in the cloud. The general architecture is that you have the sensors. Uh, they typically send small uh, messages um, every hour. Uh, that's a bit of kind of the 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 bandwidth and kind of the application area where you have to think at. So like small uh, messages, the the mousetrap is full, the uh, valve uh, is open or closed, um, the temperature is X, the CO two levels are too high. These kind of very binary kind of messages they are really really good for uh, uh, the LoRaWAN technology. Then the range is 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 pretty significant. So you see it's it it it, it is much more than uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, and if you use it outdoor, which is also possible, then uh, the ranges can even go into the kilometers. But 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 um, um, uh, so th that makes it for instance very interesting for smart metering. Uh, what you then see it's a protocol that's highly centralized. So the network management runs in the cloud uh, and after that uh, it actually um, uh, the, the the LoRaWAN network server which is the centralized network management which is all which is kind of the the core of our product uh, it's called the thing stack then integrates with all kinds of applications but the entire part kind of up to uh, the the centralized LoRaWAN uh, network server 
that entire part is non-IP uh, for the for the data payload. And after that, kind of, uh, yeah, you typically use webhooks to forward the data to uh, enterprise applications or, uh, yeah, anything that you want to do with the data. Um, applications are very diverse, from CO two sensors in schools to uh, mining companies that use it for predictive maintenance. Um, we see it in agriculture for cow tracking. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot uh, uh, kind of different applications, and um, uh, uh, and that, that's that's very exciting on our platform now. Hosts around 1.5 million uh, devices uh, connected um, uh, constantly, and we manage kind of help our customers kind of run that network management at a at a very cost effective way and uh, in a way that that it's it's non non uh, none of their issue anymore, uh, and they can focus on their applications. So that in a, is in a nutshell kind of what is LoRaWAN and how do we fit in there. Nice, awesome. Yeah, I mean, you've touched on uh, quite a, a lot of areas here that I would want us also to kind of like uh, go deep into to unpack um, uh, all of that. Now, when it comes to the application of LoRaWAN in industrial IT, so we kind of like talked about some smart metering. What are some of the more common industrial applications that you see uh, benefiting from the capabilities of, of LoRaWAN? And, and, and do you perhaps have any case studies that you could share? Yeah, sure. And um, so, for instance, in industrial, we have mining companies that put uh, kind of uh, fabrication sensors on the conveyor belts to see uh, if there's any uh, anomalies or anything kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, we have uh, customers that do that in engine rooms of large ships. Um, uh, industrial in oil and gas, for instance, simply monitoring if the valve is open or closed. Um, like like uh, people detection, people counting. Um, we see it happening in logistics or internal supply chain. So with LoRaWAN, you build your own network, you set up the gateways. And if you just put a gateway, which are fairly low cost into uh, every like location that you have uh, as an enterprise, then you can kind of have, have a bit of this kind of long range NFC kind of applications. So that's where you see in logistics. In agriculture, it's mostly... Uh, pest control, uh, so smart mousetrap, rat traps. Uh, there are even like uh, termite detection, uh, LoRaWAN devices, um, and also soil moisture and kind of uh, cattle management uh, with the, like even air tags that run on a solar panel. And then if you move to smart city, then you have a lot of kind of also um, microclimate and more kind of citizens kind of well-being and comfort uh, smart city solutions, but also utility companies that use it for smart metering. Uh, and the interesting thing is that if you use, uh, for instance, the LoRaWAN network for smart water metering, where where we, for instance, helping uh, our, our customer uh, in the in the UK uh, uh, connects in with, is that we help with that when you build such a network directly, kind of if you have the network there for smart metering, you can use it, uh, and you can use that taxpayer investment basically for all kinds of other use cases as well. So then if you kind of move into more into the buildings and retail and, and offices, that's kind of very, very fast growing segment. So energy metering, sub-metering, uh, occupancy of desks, occupancy of meeting rooms, uh, also CO2, air quality. Um, 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 we even have kind of um, like, like sort of these panels where you 
um, uh, partners that made these panels where you kind of see who booked a room, for instance, um, uh, a lot of stuff there. And then in retail. So uh, we have a lot of kind of few of the largest supermarkets in the world as customers. And for them, uh, the business cases are, are are very, very, very big. For instance, if you look at uh, food compliance, food safety, but also, um, of course, kind of like um, a big portion of of our food is is wasted during distribution. Uh, doing that more efficiently. So the, the big joy and 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 kind of the privilege that that we have as IoT founders is that we we're kind of we're, we're being amazed by a kind of cool new solution, literally every kind of week. And this week I came across this, this amazing company from the US that created a vape and bully detector. I mean, oh. who could think of that? And they can put that in high school toilets and it can detect bullying through kind of the, um, through sound and it can detect if somebody's vaping, um, which we kind of probably kind of like, this is something that would like, we all want, I guess, uh, anybody has kids or whatever that you, you want to like have that safety in the school. And um, so, I mean, I, literally every week, we see something else and they basically use for us, they use the same platform. Uh, and yeah, we feel kind, kind of honored that we, we can help all these different applications and uh, yeah, share a bit of that joy of these, all these inventions that, that make this IoT market so, uh, so awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I guess that's the power of building um, a compelling platform, right? You get all sorts of applications that you didn't even think uh were possible or yeah. didn't even conceive of right so yeah that's interesting to hear so um i mean our audience here is typically made up of uh industrial iot solution architects and and developers so to kind of paint a picture uh for us can you describe a typical architecture uh, of lora one solution uh for industrial iot applications and and highlighting some uh, key components that are involved yeah, so um, typically in industrial um, kind of site visits, I mean, I, I'm like I'm not an industrial IoT expert. Let's just kind of foresee that. So yeah. I, I look at it from a kind of quite an outside view. Uh, but what I see is that the component LoRaWAN and the long range and the low power is basically what it do. It can do kind of inspection work or kind of non-critical work. Uh, it can do that because the kind of network infrastructure goes outside of the kind of closed areas, but the sensors can go within. That also means that sensors kind of you use have to, have to be certified to the to the kind of security levels and the um, uh, the the rules that go for for electronic devices in these industrial sites. Um, but but what I I think it's 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 really interesting is that um, um, it it like LoRaWAN is not for critical infrastructure. Um, so a little example, like we would not allow our customers um, or kind of we'd, we would not allow our customers to, to make a smoke detector with it, to detect fire, for instance. Uh, but what we do have is customers that detect the battery level of the smoke detector, right? So um, and in industrial, you have a lot of these kind of uh, inspection processes or um, um yeah, a lot of kind of metrics where 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 it is very convenient if you have them remotely. Um, um, in an industrial setting, you cannot, you should not use it for any critical control or any critical measurements where you can make very critical decisions on. But in in a lot of times, that's not that's kind of there's a lot of kind of 
business cases out there which don't require critical kind of communication infrastructure and 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 then it's kind of at the at the fraction of a cost i mean i mean kind of uh, the moment you're gonna do critical infrastructure you you're not gonna use wireless probably anyhow uh so so the 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 comparison with kind of wired sensors and these kind of things and the cost of putting that out there in a in an industrial site is 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 of course kind of like a, a few sensors of a few hundred hundred dollars is nothing compared to uh the the cost of of pulling cables so you see that in kind of like we have customers in oil and gas we have customers in petrochemical like like more the kind of uh um uh and and also in kind of like the pharmacy kind of uh area and um um and and they all revolve really a lot around condition monitoring uh, status kind of monitoring of valves um and in maritime which is kind of like close to industrial uh you 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 see uh, you see the same and there's also where we help customers with um, a, a global version of LoRaWAN and LoRa uh, that operates at 2.4 gigahertz. Uh, so that's also an emerging standard. So um, yeah, there's there's kind of a, a lot, but but the think about non-critical telecoms infrastructure for um, monitoring basically anything you like. And the beauty of it with LoRaWAN is there's a large ecosystem of um, sensor makers. So for instance, um, uh, if you look at oil and gas, uh, company is doing great is TWTG, um, a global operating company that's highly specialized in industrial sex sensors, uh, but also a company like uh, Aloxi uh, that's doing that. And now, um, um, I mean, uh, if you would would kind of looked around at Hanover Messe, you see that that company like Pepper and Fuchs uh, and Honeywell are also coming with uh, highly like kind of. Uh, yeah, ATEX certified devices. So, um, yeah, it's that you have the fast moving companies that innovate fast, and then you have the kind of the the more traditional industrial companies that that are following as well. So, yeah, it's it's really showing how um, how how this um, yeah how LoRaWAN is interest, entering the industrial space. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I think you you mentioned like the um that LoRa is more suited for non uh, critical uh, industrial applications, more like uh, monitoring. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of like curious to find out um as, as far as the uh, resolution is concerned, time resolution is concerned. What what do you see out there, or what do you um uh put out as a key consideration for anyone who's building like a LoRaWAN's uh, wireless sensor network? what sort of um, time resolution should, should they be looking at? And also, are there other factors to consider to say, what is the distance that they should uh, best work with? Or how yeah. many nodes should they work with? Are there any yeah. key considerations there? Yeah, yeah. So if you look at kind of the technology by itself, and if you would run it in a lab uh, in a very safe environment, uh, you can stretch it very far. So uh, we have created a, a test where we uh, send a message over 332 kilometers with a weather balloon, even kind of cheating the curvature of the earth. So this is not representative for the technology, right? So if you talk about indoor, um, uh, it, it's just it's just kind of um, saying something about kind of the far, far boundaries. So you should be at least within 20% uh, of that. So, um, uh, so if you would boot outdoor, kind of don't stretch it further than kind of a kilometer or something. 
Um, yep. You can stretch it to 10 kilometers, but you kind of make kind of um, th that will highly impact the margin for error you have in your application. And um, usually, although it's not kind of mission critical, um, just having your messages arrive 80% of the time doesn't uh, still kind of like that, that, that doesn't work. So then it, uh, around battery lifetime. So um, um, it, it depends on kind of the distance that you want to reach, but, but in the battery lifetime, and uh, that's the that's kind of that can be the biggest cost driver. So the battery lifetime can be um, um, if you want to go for long distance and send a lot of data, then maybe your sensor will last for half a year. Uh, if you want to stretch it and kind of like send small pieces of data, literally valve is open or closed or kind of like like that kind of stuff then uh and and you make sure that you have a good network and you can last for uh for four years and now with the new upcoming kind of fast moving companies into the kind of like the smaller sensor solar panel space uh, we're going to stretch that on until 10 years so that, that's going to be super super exciting and um the uh the um uh so so uh, specifically within kind of industrial setting, we would always advise our customers kind of kind of yes, this is the circle of technical possibilities, yeah. but 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 may, like stay in in the part where you have all this margin for error because in the end, if you're a systems integrator and as I that goes into this industrial space, um, you're gonna have, typically have a mitigation line on the entire project of somewhere between twenty five, fifteen, and twenty five percent. You want to keep that, right? So, so, and you need to buy that margin by making sure that that you don't overpromise in your SLA. So that, that so, so we always advise, kind of like if customers ask us, okay, what's the what's the maximum distance I can go? I we always say like this is the wrong question, right? It is a broader considerations. It, like if you're trying to stretch the technology, like you're on a wrong path, right? It's a tool. Like it, it it's nothing more than a tool. It's a tool to create a bit by between your sensor. And your application and your ERP and your digital transformation, anything that that you're doing there, um, it, it, like if they say, okay, how, how can we stretch the battery lifetime? So like that's that's not the right question, right? Like 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 make sure that um, you you design your SLA in a way that 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 all the all the kind of expectations are managed properly. Uh, and that you can keep your promise, right? And 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 typically, when we we've, we've saw the hype of the IoT for seven years, uh, typically this is this is where kind of a lot of disappointment in the IoT industry originates in this that kind of kind of like a kind of a systematic overpromise under deliver kind of world. Uh, and 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 now is the time to kind of climb out of that, and it starts by by uh by under promise and over deliver oh nice nice interesting yeah i mean so um a lot of industrial iot scenarios uh would require you to integrate um uh data from a lot one network into things like SCADA or maybe if we've got like an iot platform so i mean for example i've worked with some uh, companies where they've um, cement manufacturing where you've got some some sites 
that are, are, are geographically a bit further from the control station, then you, you need to use a wireless sensor network to bring that data back into the control station and then visualize that uh, information. And um, so what I want to kind of like get a sense of from you is which is the best integration point if you need to integrate data from sensors, uh, LoRaWAN sensors into a SCADA environment, is it is it at the gateway or does that data need to go to the cloud first and then back to your SCADA system? What is the best practice around there or what do you see? Yeah, so, so SCADA probably is designed uh, with a lot more data traveling. Um, so so I, I can, uh, typically if you say SCADA, I would say this is, this is not a signaling uh, protocol. Uh, so for small messages or something like that. So I would, I, I mean, from the get-go, I would say don't do it. Um, but for instance, if it's Modbus, which is more for signaling, more for smaller kind of pieces of data, there's more of a kind of link there. Um, so so if you look at the kind of LoRaWAN end-to-end, I wouldn't connect the, the SCADA, but what you see is, for instance, if people install an industrial computer that connects to a SCADA, which then probably uses MQTT, to, to connect it to a, a centralized data source or kind of centralized kind of messaging platform. Then, then if you install that industrial PC, why don't you add a LoRaWAN gateway functionality to it, right? So because you already kind of have that and then kind of you already have the kind of integration, you're always been through the security measures to make sure that, that your site securely talks to the cloud. Um, you already have the on-site DevOps. You already have kind of all, all these kind of Kind of you have this very kind of large total cost of ownership for for industrial digi digitization. Um, adding LoRaWAN to that is actually then a very good idea because it goes at a very kind of marginal cost, uh, while it can kind of like uh, it might help you a lot. Um, so 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 um, yeah, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't kind of connect the SCADA system typically, and if you do it, just kind of maybe use it for kind of very simple kind of uh, summaries or kind of maybe you can detect some some patterns and then if you can translate it to kind of like simple yes no's or simple simple telemetry then uh, at, a, at a certain threshold then use it but um, yeah this is um, this is not where it was was made for yeah okay perfect so um Maybe just to kind of like linger on that a bit. So you mentioned that you could have a situation where if you've got an industrial PC, you are running a, a, a LoRaWAN gateway on that PC. Um, how 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 does the gateway expose in case there's some applications that need to consume that data on that same PC or maybe on the same network? How does the gateway expose that information for consumption? What 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 options are there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the gateway. Uh, forward the LoRaWAN message directly to the cloud where the network server is. Um, we offer a possibility to run the network server on-premise, um, but uh, the level of DevOps maturity that the industrial or kind of sometimes we get the questions from retail as well, that, that has to, you have to have a very high DevOps maturity uh, for on-premise digitization. So what we always advise is say, okay, kind of like, okay, you want to have the data locally. Um, 
then we can say, okay, what's your, what's the maturity level of like, do you have a proper kind of Kubernetes? What's your FTE count for uh, for a site? And then we get a bit of an idea because uh, we don't want to get our want to want to kind of lead our customers down a way that that they they um um they they, they basically they're 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 aware of the fact that you have to have a mature DevOps capability to do the network management on on the edge and um um the, the, the and and typically if you want to scale that across sites that gets really hard um our hypothesis is that in the end everything will go to the cloud um or that that you will have edge edge service at the at the kind of same yeah that really like uh, amazon greengrass or uh, azure iot edge that that really have these cloud capabilities and cloud maturities kind of extended into the edge um uh but but typically um um if you want to do consume that data locally um it's going to become very custom and very uh maintenance heavy okay perfect yeah. perfect yeah i think we're going to talk about uh, cloud integration in a in a in a short while for now i want us to kind of like focus on the issue of uh security so as you are very well aware, security is a big concern, uh, not only for industrial IoT, but for other sectors as well. So can you yeah. talk to us about how LoRaWAN ensures the safe transmission of sensitive data? Yeah, yeah. so the exposure is on, on different levels. Um, so if you would do a kind of a security analysis, you look at the sensors, that's LoRaWAN. So there I have end-to-end -end encryption with the a, 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 a S128. Um, uh, it doesn't use TCP/IP. Uh, oh, sorry, it doesn't use uh, um, TLS end-to-end. -end. Uh, so we, you can't use certificates or kind of handshakes. Your bandwidth is not there. So you're using root keys. So typically, we advise to use either either a hardware secure element or a software secure element to support to store the root keys. And you can run a private joint server which um, stores the root keys in your own HSM if you like to. And then you have all kinds of flavors of having it managed or not. Um, then, um, uh, so that's kind of the LoRaWAN message going over the top, right? Then you have the gateway that, that is, uh, through TCP IP, uh, and TLS connected to the LoRaWAN network server. So, um, there you kind of have the, kind of have the connection with your DevOps, uh, that you, that you, that you have already in place. Uh, so your kind of DevOps needs to make sure that there's a secure pipe between the gateway um, it's completely kind of sandboxed and and kind of um, yeah it's an it's an IP device so you should treat it um, with a level of distrust uh, um, like any IP device you have on your site and um, um, and then yeah it has a T TLS uh, HTTPS connection to the to the to the cloud. Uh, and after that, yeah, it's it's kind of like it goes over in, in the DevOps security that you have in place for your cloud. So uh, these are the specifics. Um, so the the um, um, uh, and and then then you can make make yeah several decisions on how to do that. Um, uh, kind of like for instance, some gateway like LoRaWAN gateway vendors have their own security mechanisms. Uh, but it it is not not anything else than than basically a computer or an industrial computer uh, that you put in, uh, so um, uh, and the 
yeah the kind of the security for the lower one that, that that that's that's all in the in the protocol itself awesome so um so as you know i i, I work for uh, a hive mq uh, and we offer like this uh, mqtt platform and uh, a lot of times we uh, kind of like get a, a lot of um uh, uh, customers who are thinking about uh, uh, having a lot of one network and also kind of like thinking about how they can integrate that with an existing MQTT network. Um, yeah. What sort of, what kind of interactions uh, are possible between uh, LoRaWAN and MQTT network infrastructure and what are the touch points? Yeah, so the touch points, because the touch points are after the LoRaWAN network server, you have the application server and our application server uh, supports MQTT. Um, uh, typically because it's kind of the, the nature of MQTT is that it's kind of, it's always an active session, right? There's, there's a connection where you stream data over. LoRaWANs are chirps. They are kind of bursts. They, they are more like web requests then they're about streaming data. So it's it's a burst, it's a chirp. Uh, and typically what we see is that our customers use webhooks uh, because it's just more kind of with regards to kind of network, um, uh, it, it's, it's more alike. Uh, we have customers that use MQTT, um, uh, but it, it's, it's quite a resource intensive for very, very small messages that only probably, uh, we have customers that send uh, not more than two messages a day. Right? Like you, you don't want to like, like if you would keep open an M open an MQTT client um, to wait for these messages, uh, is that's that, that, that's not a good architecture. Um, um, so, but if you maybe send a, a kind of um, a message every fifty minutes, it should could make sense. Uh, and sometimes just yeah, you're forced to do it as a, as an integration kind of requirement. Um, uh, so so really that that's where it is. But I think also like it's um. Like like LoRaWAN is not streaming data. It's it's for non-critical infrastructure, and these are chirps that 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 um, that arrive kind of ninety-five uh, percent uh, um, of the time. So um, MQTT is not really a good marriage there. Okay, perfect. So uh, moving on to. Uh... Integration, uh, enterprise integration uh, of uh, LoRaWAN um, uh, networks. So, I mean, the primary goal for a lot of um, uh, industrial IoT companies is to kind of like integrate data from uh, their operations technologies. So, whether yeah. it's um, oil and gas into their enterprise infrastructure, uh, can you tell us about uh, enterprise and cloud integration capabilities of of LoRaWAN or the things tech? Yeah, so so that's the majority kind of of the devices. So these are kind of offices uh, like this. I'm here in a kind of uh, uh, small uh, uh, small workspace, um, and you put a, a occupancy sensor in here. You know if it's kind of occupied or not. Um, um, if you look at, for for instance, in what's driving a lot of kind of interest is ESG data, uh, submetering, uh, over the top measuring of of all kinds of data points. Um, we see uh, we have partners that do thermostats um, in in kind of um, uh, buildings, hotels. Uh, if you look at the retail space, uh, a lot of kind of, we have a customer that's doing security products. 
uh, all across the world uh, and and monitoring uh, the movement and uh, uh, and and these are kind of these security dongles that you see that's using in for instance uh, uh, kind of uh, a phone stores or or these kind of things where they they uh, your kind of your product is connected to a cable and they do all kinds of stuff with that data. So 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 kind of in buildings, enterprise, retail, facility management kind of use cases. Yeah, they they are they are very very popular, and these business cases are are very very strong as well. So, um, yes, uh, we have some great partners that that uh, that that have all kinds of office and and retail and um, facility management use cases. Okay, awesome. So now, if you uh, if you have you have, you have collected your data um, uh, coming as chips from uh, sensors and then into the things stack. Now you've got um, um, a database infrastructure or some other enterprise applications that you have and you want to integrate that data. So I think you spoke about the ability to use webhooks. Uh, what other uh, in integration capabilities do you have there? Uh, is it, uh, do you have like uh, native connectors also to different database systems or applications? Yeah, so we have native native connections to Azure IoT and AWS IoT, and this allows you to kind of fully manage your devices from AWS IoT and from Azure IoT. So, so uh, this gives you some convenience. Um, what we see is where our customers are successful when the stack is simplified. So, um, kind of this like there's a correlation uh, what we see between simplified stacks and success. So the ones that are most successful that do a simple webhook into an existing ERP process that they already digitize and the, and the IoT data gives this kind of additional amplifier to the, to the already kind of digital transformation, that's where it really, really, really goes well. And where kind of the value creation is very kind of, clear and fast and uh, it's strong. Um, so there is a lot of, kind. you can do a lot. You can do any IoT platform, but the, 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 the kind of like for me, like for instance, if, in, if, if your application's endpoint is a visualization, for me, that's always a really big red flag because I don't, a visualization is always very expensive because it 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 is made for a human and humans are expensive and they will only get more expensive like uh, a typical devops or kind of an, a maintenance engineer kind of you're starting with $100 an hour at least from an enterprise value or enterprise cost level so so visualization is always very very expensive um so that should never be the endpoint uh, it should always be a a digitized business process and if you have that um and you have this kind of full circle automation um yeah then things are like like becoming very very interesting and scalable uh so yeah i mean we're agnostic right we can yep. you can create any dashboard or you can use any iot platform you like with like and connect it to our uh network management software but um the simpler the better is 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 really how we get out of the IoT hype. Oh, okay. So uh, when it comes to just kind of like link on that a bit, also uh, when it comes to integration mechanism, um, do you do you have like an 
event based kind of like integration firing because uh, i would imagine that's one of also the things that would uh, uh, be critical also to kind of like close the loop as far as uh, automation yeah. is concerned right so yeah that depends that? yeah that depends that's really kind of if mqtt works for you mqtt uh, like we're kind of we're agnostic I, i'm just only kind of like like my 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 take here was only that i, I wanted to kind of share some best practices um and we see that that kind of the the simple webhook ways is 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 um is great and if you can use the webhook to to directly send it to your digitized kind of processes in your ERP or in your industrial automation platform or whatever platform you like then um um yeah then that's that's perfect um uh, but yeah we we support all and 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 the most kind of uh resource consumption effective is the webhook yeah okay perfect now to kind of close this uh, uh session off um if you look ahead uh what are some of the emerging trends uh, or features uh, in the LoRaWAN space that um um IoT solution architects or developers should be looking out for yeah, if you want to hear all about it, then you should come to our user conference. So we do a big conference every year in September. This year, uh, 20, 21st and 22nd of September in Amsterdam. Uh, it's a great place, still nice weather in September. And um, basically, that's where we kind of like like set the agenda forward with all our partners in the LoRaWAN ecosystem. Um, I can I can already say is that there's interesting stuff happening in uh, uh, LoRaWAN uh, to space uh, satellite gateways. I can say that I'm really really excited about the um, emergence of uh, solar panels for uh, enterprise IoT sensors, both inside and outside. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about that with some really cool partners that we uh, are are presenting their ideas. Um, and extending the longevity of these devices, but also basically making sure that these uh, the sensors don't become e-waste after uh, one or two years. Um, uh, I'm also excited about um, uh, some 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 new security mechanisms that we're including, and um, yeah, kind of things around data sovereignty, sovereignty, and um, and and root key management. Uh, that's uh, that's very exciting and. We have a lot of kind of vendors that are going to announce new products, which I cannot talk about yet. Uh, but you will see quite some uh, new products hitting the market and and being launched there. So, uh, um, yeah. So that's that's at twenty first and twenty second of September uh, in Amsterdam, twenty twenty three. And um, uh, I'll make sure that in the kind of uh, I'll I'll give you a discount code for everybody that listens to your podcast. Well, that sounds interesting and will certainly um, uh, appreciate the discount code. I personally looking forward to uh, attending this year for the first time. So I saw your, uh, your a cool video that you did actually um, introducing this year's uh, Things Conference. So that was really uh, nice to see. Ah, so Thank you very much. Looking forward right. to it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, to close this off, do you have anything more to add uh, to this? No, no, I, I, th I think you're, you're kind of you. Uh, yeah, th thanks for for having me. Thanks for all these great questions. Uh, um, um, uh, uh, it, it, it gave me the opportunity to 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 kind of explain a lot. And I, I also think that what what's great for for people listening is that IoT has gone through a massive hype, 
and um what um what you what you kind of i think what you should be looking for now in it vendors is kind of like how do they pursue this operational excellence and product leadership and and how how do you do kind of like be wary of of all the hyping that's still going around um and 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 and, and yeah we see it with our 1.5 million connected devices that um, yeah, it, it's coming. Like it's it's really becoming a reality. It's not only these castles in the sky, which uh, and the big promises and um, and the, and the future for IoT is, is is very bright. Awesome, that's uh, great to hear, especially coming from you. So, thank you again, Winke, for taking the time to come through the show and join us and yeah. share your insights. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks a lot.